Pit Imagine Uomo is the leading trade show about menswear, an appointment not to be missed if you want to be in the menswear business. That is the 100th edition of Pitti, and so we decided to draw a special label, so it's a goal, but in the meantime, if you reverse, it's also a 001 occasion. It's also a restart. It's something that, that gives confidence. It's also a promise for the future. I am Susie Menkes, and you are listening to my podcast, Creative Conversations. As a journalist reporting on the global fashion industry, I want to take you backstage and give you an insight into my world. Listen to my exclusive conversations with creatives, industry leaders, and those whose voices have some of the greatest impact. I think you might find it interesting and maybe intriguing. Raffaello Napoleone is the incarnation of modern Italy with his roots in Rome, his further education in America and his fashion heart in Florence. He talks to me today about celebrating the 100th edition of Pitti Uomo, the world-renowned menswear trade fair of which he is CEO. Have you ever wondered how your clothes end up in the shops? Buyers descend on trade fairs once or twice a year to purchase stock to fill their shelves. The retail market is massive and I have been lucky enough to have attended the Pitti Uomo Men's Fair for 25 years, covering both the famous and the lesser known brands. It may come as a surprise that not all clothes come from the runways of Paris and Milan, but this summer is more than marking a 100 milestone. It also marks a partial return, post-Covid, of physical displays. And in parallel form, there is a growth of the digital platform, Pitti Connect, which the visionary CEO founded 12 years ago. I have often watched the lineup of peacock males displaying their latest looks in Florence's historic Forteza da Barça, the location of the trade fair. It underscores that powerful Italian spirit of past-present seen also in the historic city itself. As well as his role as CEO, Pitti Imagini, a non-profit Italian organization to promote the fashion industry, Raffaello Napoleone heads up parallel events. They are for children and for fabrics as Pitti Bimbo and Pitti Filati, while current powerful changes to sustainability are also transforming Italy's attitudes. Can the physical format of a trade fair and, above all, its interaction with people really be revived? The dynamic director has stretched his wings to include trade fairs of artisan perfumes, food with its flavours and tastes and homeware. They all prove, post-Covid, that growth can start at home. Raffaello is also one of the founders of the Polymoda Fashion School. In teaching and in fashion, he looks always to the future. I'm sure you're very um, anxious to um, get off and onto your yacht. So perhaps I should start swiftly rather than have a long conversation with you right now. I'm so happy to, to have this chance to speak together. Is it too much time that we are not seeing and speaking? and the meeting and the eating and drinking and the phoning and so much. Do you think it's possible that I've been going to the pity events for 25 years? Is that possible? For me, it has been a fantastic experience to deal with you during these 25 years. In fact, I arrived in Pitti 32 years ago. 
in February 89. And uh, my big dream in that moment was to have you attending Pitti. Pitti Immagine Uomo is the leading trade show about uh, menswear, uh, clothing and accessory, very international uh, from an exhibitor's point of view and from a visitor point of view. Uh, an appointment not to be missed if you want to be in the menswear business. That is the 100th edition of Pitti, that means 50 years of story. And so we will also uh, feast or celebrate this period, not with uh, uh, dinners or bowls. But first of all, the uh, celebration will be the opening of uh, Pitti Maggiomomo physically. This is a real, this is a period where we have to respect very much uh, the, 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 the people that suffer much, very a lot during this uh, this terrible uh, season and so we decided to uh, and I will send you eventually something we decided to draw a, sp a special label on the number 100 that is as you know uh, an iconic number that means 100 so it's a goal mm -hmm. but in the meantime if you reverse it's also a 001 occasion it's also a restart and so we are playing and working on these both options. And the fact that it's round is something that, that gives confidence. It's also a promise for the future. And when you arrived the first time, it has been a big joy for me and for all the company. It was a joy for me as well. But um, we must celebrate the whole of um, Pitti Womo especially and how far it's come. You've been the um, chief executive of Pitti Imagine since 1989, as you've just told me. And um, how different is Pitti today, though, from when I was there 25 years ago? And certainly since its um, start in 1972, it must have changed dramatically. Tell me about it. When uh, Pitti Womo started was in 1972. September, and uh, what is extraordinary, it, it was the end and the start of a season, a very special season, because till that moment, uh, menswear used to be at the, in the Sala Bianca during the women's fashion shows, uh, just uh, being close to the women. It, it, it used to have uh, a second row uh, role. Uh, that means it was not exactly a big business. It was something, uh, of course, important from a, a manufacturing point of view, but the menswear was like a uniform. Working in a bank, it was important to be dressed in grey or in blue. Uh, the, the formal occasions, uh, very little sportswear. So it was a different period. Uh, the reason why it started, it goes the, the, the men was changing his mind worldwide, uh, looking for a different kind of dresses. We started with few uh, exhibitors. It was in an hotel and it was the very beginning of the launch of the company that, as you probably remember, is thanks to Marco Rivetti, the owner yes. of GFT, that accepted to be chairman of Pitt Imagine in 1988. And uh, he looked for me, I was in charge of uh, human resources for Ferragamo. Uh, I left Ferragamo and I came here for this, this big challenge that was to relaunch uh, Pitti Maggiore Uomo and Bimbo and Filati and all our activities. Uh, then we went to the Palazzo degli Affari close to the fortress. And then we entered the fortress, arriving uh, till the last uh, 
edition uh, of January 2020 to 1,200 exhibitors. And uh, also it's very interesting to say that in the very beginning, 90% of the exhibition was in classic and formal wear. Very little sports, a little bit of accessory and so, mainly ties, knitwear has been always very important. In the years, thanks to pity, of course, but thanks also to the change of uh, the way of life, many other areas opened. And so, uh, in January 2020, we used to have 14 sections. And then we had uh, different kind of research areas, and then the sports were, and then the, the active were, and then the research. Also, from a turnover point of view, I'm speaking about the uh, Italian values of productions uh, used to have uh, close to half of the turnover of the women. Today, uh, I don't know exactly the figures of these last months, it's very difficult to have uh, to compare. Uh, you have uh, around 12 billion euros uh, values for women, and menswear is close to 10 billion. That means that menswear had to recover a lot, being much closer to women. And this is the answer to what we're asking. So we had the chance, and we have been very, very lucky, and who decided in that period to start with Pity Homo had a fantastic uh, vision, that there were in that period a huge area to, to cover, to uh, develop and improve the main uh, opportunity. In that period, I'm speaking about the 50s, the 60s and the 70s, uh, serial, serial production was with few brands, especially in Italy, but also abroad, and a lot of tailors. Now you have also serial productions, very well done. In the meantime, you have the tailors and also the serial production ready to do the tailored production. And then you have different kind of uh, knitwear and accessories, the sneakers. And uh, we spoke a few months ago about uh, the uh, messenger uh, bags or the backpack bags. In the, in the 70s or 80s, it was quite impossible to see somebody going to the office with a backpack or with a messenger bag. It was uh, impossible. So this is also a metaphor of the change. But first, it was another millennium. So we entered in a new millennium, big, big change. Uh, second, for sure, the rules and the market and the way of uh, uh, dressing and uh, also the importance of trade shows and fashion shows changed a lot, dramatically, if you want. Uh, you remember how fixed was the timing before. The winter season, the summer season, uh, a long period in the middle, uh, no, or, well, no, very little uh, resorts or few collections between one season to the other. Today, for example, in women's wear and in men's wear too, you have so many collections in the middle. Uh, and especially for menswear, the big difference is in that period, I remember very well that the driving force was the uh, classic wear, the formal wear. It was three-fourths of the uh, Pitti Magine Uomo uh, exhibition. Today is not anymore like this. The rules in dressing ourselves are completely changed. The sportswear and then the other leisure, all this kind of... Uh, changes recorded in these years.
to ask you something which is rather a grandiose question, but can you explain to my listeners what is the importance of Italian style to the world? My own view is that it's so much in Italy part of the country's entire lifestyle. Um, It includes furniture and food and not forgetting all that delicious wine. Do you feel that you are part of that you encompass all of these different things and that um, Pity Imagine is just part, it's just one sliver of all these things that go in to make such a wonderful dish of Italian style. Uh, I'm from Rome, as you probably remember. And uh, so I had the chance, uh, just with a few months of my shoulders, uh, to walk with a nanny in Villa Borghese or uh, close to the Colosseum or uh, St. Peter's or... uh, the old uh, Romance ruins, and then traveling in Florence, in Venice, or Ferrara, or Vicenza, and then going to Naples, uh, and Syracuse, and the theaters, and then the islands, and then the, the hills in Cortina, uh, and the mountains, uh, and to the seaside, uh, uh, Amalfi, and uh, Portofino, all these places. Why am I re- remembering these places? Because uh, uh, it's part of our life, of our vision. Also, if you uh, are from the deepest uh, uh, region uh, in Calabria or in Puglia or somewhere else, these are the images you have from the very beginning of your life. And the colors you have also around you are fantastic colors in summer, in winter and in the mid-seasons. That could could, uh, look like uh, or seem like a, a stupid reflection, but finally, This is what is making the Italians uh, different from uh, many other creative also and uh, very, very strong uh, creative uh, countries or uh, people. We are probably in the middle, in the berceau of uh, the Occidental culture. Uh, Think how important has been the commerce also between uh, Far East uh, and uh, Occidental countries passing through Middle East, passing through Venice, uh, and also in Florence uh, with the fabrics and all what it has been done. Why we have had here in Tuscany the Leonardo's and the Brunelleschi's and uh, the Benvenuto Cellini, uh, all these kind of extraordinary artists, uh, or the Michelangelo's. It's just because you have also the marble for Carrara, also the, the landscape, the place where Florence is, with the hills, with the river, uh, this uh, human balance that we have everywhere in our country is helping then to think about chairs and about wine and food in a, in a special way. We are also very proud of ourselves. Our history has been quite an extraordinary history uh, that started with the Romans and then uh, with all the periods of history we had to pass through. Also, in my opinion, the presence of, uh, uh, of the church, of the, of, uh, the Christian uh, system and uh, church uh, in Rome, with all the, the, well, the investment they did from a cultural point of view, uh, and also the way they had to grow the children, the story of parrocchia, to the small church with the children around, around the church, with the priest helping you to play football and look at the movies uh, and then learn the history of your country. One thing I do want to ask you about, which is 
the fact that you seem at Pitti Womo to be very much involved in sustainable style, so that we mustn't just suggest that Italy, much as we love the past in Italy, tell us about sustainability and, and why that is a part of Pitti Womo and how you've achieved it. The reason why we arrived to sustainability was not just looking at the efforts and the energy that the Germans started to put in the Grunden, in the green approach. We have also to look also to the others to understand what's going on. That, of course, it has been uh, something uh, like a boato, the echo uh, around our uh, head in the last decades. But uh, we have been pushed to sustainability thanks to Pitti Filati. As you probably know, the textile industry is one of the most dangerous industries for the environment due to the colors, due to the water, due to all the treatment we have to do. And so we thought, if this is the reality, this is what we have to take care of. And it was probably too early. We did exhibition during Pitti Filati that is performing very well for next season. All the main exhibitors are, are present. And there will be not at the fortress, but in Stazione Lopolda before Pitti Uomo, just a few days before. And then, thanks to them, we started to study what was the situation. And slowly we entered, we had also a fantastic convention uh, made in the Stazione Lopolda. Uh, the title was Beautiful and Sustainable, very serious. The first very serious study made in Italy about sustainability. It was around 15 years ago. Uh, and so it was something that natu naturally arrived on our desks. And of course, this year has been extraordinary. There have been so many changes, but not necessarily in a good way. I mean, we've never seen anything like this COVID. It's been such a test for the fashion industry. Do you feel that there are just some bits that you can think of as change or reinvention, something positive that's coming out of it? Absolutely, yes. As you probably remember, we started very early to think about sustainability, environment, uh, thanks to Pitti Imagine Filati, that, as you know, is one of the uh, main exhibition we have to handle about uh, yarns for knitwear. And so what is today uh, the driving force uh, in the uh, menswear, but in general speaking, in the apparel and clothing industry is uh, the uh, uh, sustainable strategy that each company has to afford and apply in uh, what they do, what they produce, the way they have to recuperate, for example, uh, all the rest of the production they have, for example, in fabrics production. Uh, you remember very well what Zegna is doing and also many other companies, what Prato is doing in reusing uh, second hands uh, dresses or knitwear. Or this is something that is touching positively all our exhibitors. And this, in my opinion, is the first uh, approach that uh, the pandemic uh, pushed to do, because we know that uh, uh, the consumers, especially the, the young consumers, they are much more careful in the environment and the respect of our planet. And this is not anymore like an echo uh, in the back of the paintings. Now it's in the first uh, row of the business. With what you've done at Pitti and at the other um, events that um, are part of it, um, you have always been very forward-looking. And yet Florence itself, it's, I won't say it's the opposite, but it's steeped in history. And I wondered what's happening now with the lack of tourists. Does it make it even more important to hold live events as you're going to, or you're partly live, 
um, given that otherwise Florence is left a bit abandoned without the tourists. Uh, Florence uh, is a town with an average between 12 to 13 millions tourists per year. In fact, uh, we have had probably in 2020 around 2 million and a half, 3 million tourists. And this affected very, very strongly, very negatively all the uh, hotels and restaurants and services, trade shows and conventions. So it has been a huge problem for the town, like it has been for towns like uh, uh, Venice or Rome, where tourism is the main industry. Fortunately for the town, from a manufacturing point of view, especially in the bags and the accessories industry, the business uh, went quite well. Uh, uh, because, as you know better than me, uh, China performed very well. Uh, in 2020, the growth compared to 2019 uh, has been around 85% in fashion. Our export has been really very positive. That means tourism very bad, retail very bad, restaurants a disaster like uh, uh, hotels own the services around. But fortunately, thanks also to the main brands that produces bags and shoes here in Tuscany and close to Florence, uh, the entrepreneurs, the managers had the chance to overlap this period with a, a drop of turnover for sure, but with quite a good uh, opportunity to restart now. You've done so much to keep fashion and the trade events afloat. Do you have some time during this um pandemic, when you've escaped, when you've shielded yourself from the virus, when you've floated off in your beloved boat. I know you're mad about boats. And is this treasure part of your family life and your escape route? Is it something that you've been able to do more of maybe when you haven't got the shows all the time? So I spend a lot of nights seeing the American Cup before and after with Luna Rosa performing quite well. And now, fortunately, uh, thanks to the vaccines and thanks to the rules that are changing, we can again sail and travel uh, easily. For us, it, it has been much more tough to organize Pitti Imagine Uomo Bimbo Filati uh, during this period because we had to switch 100% to the digital. It was not easy uh, because many of our exhibitors uh, were not really used to do it the last season uh, more than 15,000 buyers attending for just Mitiwomo around 9,500. We set up from January uh, 2021, 12 January 2021 till uh, April 7th, 152 events, 89 for menswear, 55 for bimbo, 8 for filati. And it has been a big work because we, we, we also, I traveled a lot. I went uh, to visit uh, uh, our main exhibitors to help them. And so we, in fact, we never stopped. We have just had uh, one month and a half of real lockdown. For the rest, the office has been always open with people at home, but all the managers working uh, from the offices. So, Raffaello, you, you must explain to me that this is pretty momentous, isn't it? That pity is now going to be kind of double track. So it's going to be not just physical, but also digital. Uh, how did you decide to make that move? How did you do it and, and, and why? Can you explain about the digital um, edition of Pity first, perhaps, 
or what are the alterations that you had to make because of COVID-19? You also told me that you've only got one third of the usual exhibitors for security reasons. So how has it been setting it all together? Uh, as you probably remember, we started with digital uh, during PT Uomo, Bimbo and Filati, uh, 12 years ago, in fact. And the idea was uh, a very easy idea. It was just to offer to the exhibitors and to the visitors the opportunity to re-experience our, our trade shows uh, for four or five weeks after the, the end of the trade show. Because, as you probably can imagine, 1,200 exhibitors per Womo or 600 for Bimbo was very difficult to see all together in a few days. Uh, many of our exhibitors used to launch collections, the pre-collection, a few weeks before the trade show. And so uh, they asked us, why don't you offer us the same opportunity so we can deal with, the, uh, with our customer earlier and then show physically the uh, collection during Pitti Imagine Uomo, for example. And so finally, our idea before the pandemic was to improve this project starting earlier. For example, if you go today uh, on our website, you can see the collection of the company already recorded that uh, applied for Pitti Imagine Uomo. And so they, also, they are already with the images of the new collections. And so uh, the answer to your question is more and more a trade show organizer has to offer services, has to uh, simplify the life to the visitors and to the buyers, uh, giving them all kind of uh, information they can have as earlier as possible to then finalize their idea, thinking especially to next uh, summer, so 30, June 30th and then July 2nd, one third of exhibitors. Uh, this is our goal. Uh, very difficult due to the security uh, that we have to uh, apply and realize. But generally speaking, it's a state of mind. Uh, as I told you, I travel a lot in this period, uh, keeping in touch with the exhibitors, big and small. The, many of them are working at home where it is possible because they want to avoid any, all kinds of risks. This means that also attending a trade show in this period, so close to the reopening uh, decided by the government of trade shows and convention, is something that has to be uh, digested. The figures in Italy of uh, the pandemic are dropping in these last few, few days. But generally speaking, people is looking uh, in a more positive way for September. Fortunately, we have very good companies attending because there are people already vaccinated. You are using the good masks. Uh, we have a, a very, very serious uh, uh, system of control. And so we have, uh, what do you call the, when you put things in the nose and the mouth, we have the molecular one, we have the quick one. Now we have the, the green passports, thanks to the vaccines. And then we have the temperature and then we have all the, uh, liquid you have to use on your, your hands. Uh, uh, Pitti Uomo will be not the same in the fortress because we have to change the plants the, the, of the, each floor, uh, much larger, uh, much more distance from one booth to the other. Uh, the wardrobe, fortunately we are in summer, has to divide each uh, uh, clothes from the other. Uh, so we, we are doing something very serious. We are working with the uh, International Red Cross to have several points of uh, checking uh, in town and uh, the fortress will be really uh, COVID-free. 
And also we are working with the town of Florence to have the same kind of attention in the hotels, in the restaurants, in the taxis and all the public transportation systems. So it's something very heavy, but we want to start, we want to look at the future in a positive way. Um, you know, Raffaello, I can remember when you took me sort of backstage to see the um, digital sales area of um, Pity Connect. Uh, you must tell me how long ago it was, but I had this memory of there was a team working backstage and it, it was almost secret. No one seemed to know they were there. And outside there were all these um, men posing as they do, trying to look glamorous. And backstage you were working on this project, which must have really changed your life or rather the life of, of the whole idea, because you would never be able to do what you're doing now had you not um, started on that online platform. How long ago was it? Uh, Twelve years. And I have to thank uh, Federico Marchetti, in fact. Uh, why Federico? Because uh, uh, he asked me to uh, be part of the board of Yux uh, 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 15 years ago, in fact. And uh, uh, I had such an extraordinary experience with him and with the company, with the project. And so I understood very well that was the mainstream to follow and to put close to the physical way of presenting and selling fashion. And the idea at the very beginning was also eventually to use or uh, work with them and doing something together. Then things have ch changed. Uh, you start to be really with the wine app, with the net apporté also something much, much bigger. But generally speaking, the idea of working with the digital in the meantime of the physical for a trade show is thanks to Yux, uh, because in that moment I understood which was the future, which was the line to follow. Not abandoning the physical, but adding like service uh, this new uh, uh, instrument, this new opportunity. And thinking now um, about what we're going to see digitally and um, in reality, uh, which of the brands are your top um, protagonists um, at this edition, who are you championing or, or perhaps what are you championing? Meaning, are you looking especially at um, people who are thinking about the planet? What's your sort of theme in finding the people you're interested in? First of all, uh, we decided to change the uh, way the fortress will be presented. Usually we work, as you probably remember, uh, with around 14 sections. We decided to be in three sections. Fantastic classic, and so we, we trust in classic a lot. But if we look at history, the former well will remain, like uh, is happening in women. So, uh, of course, it's uh, changing uh, the way of dressing. Uh, the added leisure is performing very well, uh, there are big changes. But uh, we are sure that the formal, the contemporary, classic way of dressing will come back very strong. If you look at the young singers, generally speaking, you have a lot of young uh, generation that like very much to be dressed uh, classically, in a contemporary way, different shapes. And so we trust in it. And this is what is happening at Pitti. We will have Keaton, we will have Brunello Cucinelli, but they are contemporary uh, collections, also with a classical touch. We have Stefano Ricci, so we have a lot of very good uh, uh, companies attending because they, they trust in this market that is suffering a lot. 
they drop the turnover, but for sure they will come back. Like we have the GP companies, uh, we have, of course, all the barbers and the barracutas. We have a lot of uh, uh, very uh, dynamic collection. We have uh, sneakers like Oka 1-1, we have Brand Black. And so we have the second session that is uh, the dynamic attitude. So we change from uh, uh, activewear. Eh? We spoke about dynamic attitude. In this area, we have a lot of companies like Tatras. So we have a lot of uh, options to offer to the market, always pre-selected. And then we have the super styling. It is a very interesting project of research that mixes the classical and dynamic attitude, where there is also the sustainable style project made by Giorgia Cantarini with uh, 12 young designers, very, very careful uh, in the sustainable approach in, uh, in creativity and in producing fashion. So it's, it's a, a very interesting season. Of course, we are at the very beginning. A lot of companies are working to uh, uh, prepare the collection. Just to tell you, the permission to uh, open a trade show has been given by the Italian government on the on the April 22nd. That means we had to set up in 60 days the trade show. Very, very short. And we will have also, like we used to have always, uh, also uh, special guests. We always have special guests. In this case, is somebody that you know very well, is Tebe Magugu. Uh, we met uh, Tebe together also in uh, South Africa recently. I'm missing very well uh, the convention uh, with the last one we did in Cape Town. Etebe will, will launch uh, the collection from, uh, from Pitti. It will be the main event of this Pitti. We like him very much, he's very young. He's, as you know very well, uh, he's a fashion designer, he's a fashion photographer, a fashion media person. And so I think he's the right person in this period to do a special project during Pitti. your evaluation of the direction for menswear now? Are a lot of tailoring companies still in denial? Because really, where I have been, which isn't that many places, but you never see anybody wearing a suit. As far as I can see, there's absolutely no demand for tailoring in the clothes. Or have I got it wrong? No, you, you got perfectly. Also because very little uh, weddings in the last uh, years and a half. It, it was quite avoided. It was possible just... Uh, uh, the bride and the, uh, the, the husband and uh, the family, four, six people. And so a lot of people renounced and now they are slowly re- restarting. For sure, the company are suffering in the uh, formal wear. But thanks to this, it will come back, I'm sure, because uh, the social life will come back much faster than uh, could be expected. Uh, to the social events. Uh, there is like uh, uh, an uh, incredible desire, irrefrenable, we say, uh, non-breakable uh, desire of uh, uh, seeing each other and having uh, parties and staying together. We can see what happened in all the Italian towns when they just open a little bit more. There are thousands of people in Piazza Santo Spirito or in Avigli, in Florence, or in Avigli, in Milan or in Rome, with people meeting. And I'm going back to a meeting I've had for the Pitti Imagine Uomo 
uh, award we, we, we gave uh, to uh, Stanley Marcus, uh, yes. going to Dallas, and he, he made a fantastic speech, uh, saying, remember, uh, a lot of people were there, and then he looked at me, remember, Raffaello, fashion is changing, but uh, the formal wear will remain always with an evolution, change of raw materials, change of cuts, change of function. And so I'm sure that it will come back. I, I, I trust very much in Stanley Marcus. It will, will come back. Yes, but will it come back in a way that we know? I mean, in your early years, you worked for um, Salvatore Ferragamo and the, their wonderful luxury in the tailoring. Do you think really it's going to come back in that form or will it come back differently? Will it come back with... Um, different fabrics, different purposes. How do you envisage it? Absolutely, yes, in a different way, much more contemporary. I spoke before of uh, the, the formal contemporary way of dressing. And I just uh, had, I, because in fact I asked for two dresses during the pandemic, thanks to Lardini, with an extraordinary fabric that is a fabric that usually is part for the production, is used for the production of sportswear, activewear. And there is a company, the name is Traiano, that decided to produce specific special fabrics thanks to the uh, fabric production that is made mainly for the big uh, 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 active brands like Nike or Adidas, uh, and uh, he switched the production also in the formal wear. That is a formal, uh, very, very, uh, very comfortable, uh, very uh, light in the meantime it covers you. Uh, it's extraordinary. So I think that for sure the raw material, the research uh, will be the, the driving force for the start uh, in the classic wear. And also the shape are changing. Remember in the Clark Gable period, the pants like this now are much narrow. And uh, so you, I, I think that things will go always in that direction, changing. And uh, in 10 years, something again will change, I'm sure. Um, I know that you have been all your life um, interested in the new generation coming up. And um, you are now, I think, still involved in um, Polymoda, which you helped to put up, and um, Altamoda was something that you were involved in in your early years. Um, do you believe very strongly that people have to be taught? After all, in the past in Italy, it's really been things passed from father to son or perhaps grandfather to sons. What's happening now? Do you need the colleges to keep these things going? We, we are passing through the change of generation, the very beginners, I mean, the, the big brands, the Gucci's and the, and the Fregamo just left recently the first generation. And we are passing this period of uh, change of, um, prop not property, but uh, management. Uh, for sure, what uh, was the market years ago is completely different from what is the market now, also after the pandemic. Uh, that means, uh, for sure, from an organization point of view, uh, there are main issues to handle in this period, to relaunch the companies. But in the meantime, to relaunch the company, you need new, new uh, animal spirits, animal ideas, so, uh, new and young designers that can read uh, what's, what, what is the, the, the mood, what is the feeling, which is the expectation of the new consumers. And so it's an extraordinary period. If you look, we look to the history of fashion, fashion has been always the first industrial in, or industry to uh, find the new way 
to relaunch and restart after big uh, troubles like the, the COVID and the pandemic that we are living now. And so I, I trust very much in our industry. It has been always like this after Second World War, before Second World War, before and after First World War, also in the 18th century and 17th century. It's an extraordinary industry. It has been the first industrialization, the textile field. And so I think that we'll be again forward and looking at the future in a positive way. Polimoda, you know, is a... It's the most important uh, Italian fashion school uh, that started thanks to uh, FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology, and thanks to the, uh, the uh, American ambassador uh, in Rome, it was Gardner and Vanda Ferragamo with the local uh, institutions. And uh, it was more than 30 years ago, around, I think, 40. And the idea was, thanks to all the industry we have, to offer something unique and very special. And when I arrived at PT in 1989, uh, I've been appointed in the board uh, to, to, to help, uh, thanks to the experience of PT, to look for the mainstreams to follow. And when Ferruccio Ferragamo has been appointed uh, uh, chairman, uh, he asked me uh, what was my idea to relaunch and uh, to be stronger. And though I said what I always think, you have to look for the best, the best person, the best professions, the best experiences. And Linda Loppa, she launched the academy and uh, she has been the driving force behind the creativity of the last few decades. Uh, she's half Italian and half Belgian. Uh, the, her, her parents met uh, during Second World War in Italy, and uh, she was born uh, in, I think, in Antwerp. And uh, she had, before being in charge of the academy in Antwerp, uh, she was the owner of the first uh, uh, shop selling Italian and designer brands. Uh, I don't know if in Belgium for sure in Antwerp. And finally, she launched, relaunched the academy. And uh, I don't know, we, we in fact asked her, uh, to, uh, her team to help us to promote PT in the Benelux areas. And so we, we met, we knew, we did a very good work, very successful. And finally, I tried, thanks to what uh, Ferruccio Ferragamo told me, to convince her with uh, uh, her beloved uh, uh, husband, Dirk, to move and come back to her roots in Italy, in Florence, to relaunch in a new headquarter in Villa Favar, close to the river uh, in Florence, to relaunch the school. And uh, did, um, did Linda Loppa made a phenomenal work like she did in Belgium. And she's still here. Thanks to the growth of the school that has more than 2,000 students, uh, we needed uh, laboratories. And uh, there is a new area where a new part of the town will, uh, will grow in the next few years. That is a Manifattura Tabacchi, where the cigar used to be produced uh, here in Florence. And the Polimoda bought uh, around 5,000 square meters for new laboratories, new areas, new opportunities of services for the students.
Sorry, I'm going to ask you one last question. You might find it difficult to answer, but I know that after you've done these extraordinary events, um, selling menswear clothes, you'll be back on that boat of yours and off into the open sea. What are you going to be wearing? What are your clothes for the ocean? Uh, of course, it depends from the season. In summer, uh, swimwear and a T-shirt, just to avoid to be uh, too much under the sun with a good hat. And so this is especially in the Mediterranean Sea. And when you have to sail in winter, it's a completely different approach. And so I have to wear something that can cover me from the water, from the wind, from the wet uh, atmosphere you have when you sail. Uh, generally speaking, also in this field, there are so many new materials. If you think about uh, the way the teams uh, in Oakland uh, have been dressed uh, during the last Americans Cup, uh, I would like to be dressed like them uh, with the foils uh, and sailing uh, around uh, with a speed of around 30 knots, 35 knots. It would be an extraordinary experience. I'm looking for that kind of experience before leaving our beloved world. So I have a boat and sailing the faster possible. I think that after all your work for pity, you will deserve your time on the water. Enjoy it. And thank you so much for talking to me about this great adventure you're going through now. Thank you. Thank you very much, Susie, for your time, for thinking about me as we wait for you. You will have here in Florence the most safe situation uh, uh, you can find worldwide. I'd like to go tonight, escape from all this. Call me, I will bring you with a, a flying carpet because they cannot control us when we cross the, the channel. And so we can yes. land uh, in Parma. A flying carpet would be perfect. Uh, <laughs> we are always the textile industry, so we are uh, on duty, so we can do it. <laughs> well, Fuello, thank you so much for giving us so much time and for being so intelligent. It's really a joy to talk well, to you. Thank you. And have a beautiful, have a beautiful weekend. Don't work too hard. Thank you. Ciao, Susie. Grazie. Bye-bye. Raffaello Napoleone, what an amazing sweep across Italy's past history. A vision of Florence from Renaissance to lockdown and your personal vision brought to the world of taste and beauty. I was fascinated to learn how speedily you have embraced different ways of selling from local to global and made in Italy, and to follow that trajectory of menswear that started with the Sunday suit. It now includes everything from knitwear to sports clothes, not to mention your personal wardrobe that contrasts a smart CEO category to casual days on your beloved boat. It says a lot about your eternal ride on fashion's restless waves. The Pity Womo's guest designer this season is Debbie Magugu from South Africa, another country for Florence to embrace. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Just head to iTunes to rate and review. I do love to hear your comments. Creative Conversations with Susie Menkes is produced by Natasha Cowan, music by Jörg Zuber, graphics by Paul Wallace, and edited by Tim Thornton. To find my articles, visit susiemenkes.com and susiemenkes on Instagram. If you enjoyed the podcast, then please do rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. You can find me on all the usual channels.